What's going on, people? It's your boy, Kalechi, back with another episode of the Rabbit Mind Podcast. How are each and every single one of y'all doing today? Man, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. Oh, man, this weekend was so good. This weekend was so beautiful. I had the chance to fly up and see my sister. Spent the weekend with my little brother and my two sisters. It was awesome. We flew up to New to where she is. I was going to say it, but I don't need to be putting her business out on mainstream like that. But I flew up and I was able to see her and spend the, the weekend with her. We actually surprised her for her birthday. She wasn't expecting for any of us to show up. And we just showed up and she was like, what are y'all doing? you're like what and it was it was good it was a great weekend to be able to spend uh with family and I, one of the things that just dawned on me when i got back was when you're with people you love everything else in the world feels completely and utterly irrelevant like nothing else matters like it doesn't matter what's going on outside as long as you're with those that love you and you love like apart from that everything else doesn't matter at all it didn't matter at all and it just it was just awesome man it was just awesome to be able to spend that time and just talking with my siblings hanging out with her friends hanging out with people that we all love and we want to be around more and it was just just a lot of fun this weekend i got to roam the streets of new york new york and uh yeah it was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun just spending the time with my family and i just yeah it just nothing mattered nothing mattered at all but to start off this podcast, we got to talk about more important things than business and earnings and all this other stuff. But we got to start off with this podcast just talking about the Chauvin trial. Um, I actually did not watch a single second of it. I heard about it, but I didn't watch a single second of it. The main reason for that was I thought I literally believed that this trial was going to be like every other one where the guy's going to go up there and we're going to do the whole rigmarole and, you know, we'll do the whole dance of the defense presenting their case and the 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 prosecution presenting their case and everybody's going to say, oh, it should be this way and it's obvious and da-da-da-da-da. But at the end of the day, I was like, he's still going to get off. He's not going to get in any trouble. We've already seen the situation with Tamara Rice, George Zimmerman, and all the plethora of other cases that we've had i mean we had ahmaud arbery who they didn't even arrest the guys for a long time so to me i was just kind of like eh you know they're gonna announce all this stuff and nothing's gonna happen like i'm not gonna get my hopes up i'm not even gonna think anything's gonna come of this whole case it's just gonna end the same exact way that it's that it's always been so i basically ignored it i basically blocked it out of course i was keeping up to date with information about it and all that kind of stuff but i ignored it for the large part because i just i just could not bring myself to hope that oh this is gonna be the time it's like eh I just, I stopped putting faith in the system. The system was, has always been rigged, and it was like, why would this time be any different? However, however, he was found guilty of all, of all the things. He was found guilty of third, uh, second degree murder, uh, found guilty. Basically, every single charge that he was, that was laid against him, he was found guilty of, which was like, for a lot of people, it was a massive sigh of relief, which just shows the low bar the unbelievable low bar of expectations that we have concerning these type of situations like it's just an extremely low bar however it is one step towards progress it is one step towards us getting to a place a much healthier place getting to a much much better place 
for our nation in the way that it treats individuals that don't look or rather that it treats individuals that look like me treats individuals that have a different background treats individuals that have a darker hue of their skin tone who just have a little bit more melanin in their cells than other people do and it was it's good it's good but at the same time it's progress but at the same time i can't lie and say like oh yeah now everything is better and like we can make progress there's still a whole lot more changes that need to go into effect as a matter of fact shortly after that case was ruled on we found out that a 15 year old girl was shot when she was asking for help from the police so there's still a whole lot of issues i mean there's still a lot more information that we need to find out about that case but i mean at the same time it just adds back to the pressure and even during this case we still have the other case of the boy who actually got shot as well um i can't remember his name right now but also in minneapolis so I mean, there's still a whole lot more that uh, Wright. His name was Wright. I can't remember his first name, but basically, there's a whole lot more that we have to do with the system in this country and the way that it chooses to police uh, black and brown individuals in this country and the way that it chooses to just um, not hold people accountable, especially when it comes to the police force, uh, police forces, not hold them accountable to the things that they say and to the things that they do even when it's on camera i feel like the only reason that this guy got found guilty is because the death of george floyd was so slow and so painful i think that's the only reason if it was just a gunshot i don't think we would have seen him get be guilt found guilty because there'll be a bunch of other excuses like oh he had a weapon he looked threatening this that and the other but in this situation it was hard for them to come up with a good defense for him because at the end of the day he wasn't resisting he was on his back he was begging you to get off of him and the guy was like nah i'm not doing that you had people you had paramedics show up and be like yo get off this man and you were like nah i'm not doing it so it was just like there was something else going on and so it wasn't just straight up like Oh, he made a mistake. Nah, nah, there's no mistake in that situation. So, yeah, I mean, we still have a long way to go, but progress, right? It's a little bit of progress. So we'll keep hoping for better and better progress. But, yeah, I just had to acknowledge that and start this podcast off that way. And now let's get into some fun stuff. Man, we ain't seen a civil war like this since Iron Man went up against Captain America. But... That apparently ain't got nothing on the richest teams in European football. Or as they like to say in America, soccer. Which I don't understand why they call football, football, and soccer. So it just, it makes no sense because they don't kick up. But anyway, I'm not going into that whole thing. But anyway, the richest team in Europe are trying to succeed and create their own football league. On Sunday, a group of 12 elite European soccer teams unveiled a breakaway competition called the Super League. The 12 teams that were going to be in the Super League, you find out why I'm saying were in a second, where from the Premier League, it was going to be Arsenal, Chelsea, Liverpool, Man United, which is my favorite team. Man, you, what's up? Let's go. Man City, I hate them, and Tottenham. And then from the Spanish La Liga, it was going to be Atletico Madrid, Barcelona, Real Madrid, also one of my favorite teams. A la Madrid! But anyway, let's get back on topic. And from Italy, it was going to be AC Milan, Inter Milan, and Juventus. 
A few notable clubs that were not on this list were Bayern and PSG, the two biggest clubs in France and Germany, respectively. They rejected the offer to be part of the Super League. So the question is, why are these teams or why were these teams trying to secede from their core domestic leagues? Which, ironically, they were still playing in and are still going to continue playing in even when they're part of this Super League. Well, the answer is pretty simple. Greed and money. Like I always say, talk is cheap. Always follow the money. Regardless of what anybody says, at the end of the day, it's all about the dollars. It's all about the dollars and cents. It's all about that bottom line. These are the richest teams in the world, like I said earlier. And usually they bring in the most amount of viewership, revenue, ticket numbers, uh, everything. They bring in the most amount of money to their leagues. However, they are tired of having to share those uh, those profits with the poor level teams in their leagues because they feel like we are the reason why people watch our league. So why should we have to share any of our profits? Why should we have to share any of our dues with the rest of the league? They are hoping that with this new Super League, each team will be able to bring in about $400 million annually just for participating in the league, which is about four times more than any champion can win from European Champions League or any other kind of championship. After the announcement, like shortly after the announcement, we had multiple people from soccer officials to actually the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom, Boris Johnson, and the President of France, Emmanuel Macron, weigh in on the decision, basically saying like, this is stupid, what do you think you guys are doing, this is not allowed, we had fans that went crazy over the news, they started Basically, they were already boycotting the teams and saying, if you guys are going to do this, we had players who started speaking out against their teams, saying all kinds of stuff like, this is dumb. Why are we trying to do this? Football is meant for everybody, not just meant for the elite and all this other stuff. And even the UEFA League Championship president came out and said, and I quote, they will not be allowed, players who play in these matches will not be allowed to represent their national teams at any matches. Meaning that if you compete in the Super League, you will not be able to play in the World Cup. You will not be able to play in the European Champions League. And of course, you are are definitely not going to be in the Champions League, of course. And so began the legal civil war battle greater than we have ever seen. But apparently, it wasn't that great because it only lasted a total of two days. It literally lasted just Monday and Tuesday. And then all of a sudden, everything started falling apart. By Wednesday... (laughs) much like the league of extraordinary gentlemen by the way if you have not seen this movie please find some time and go see this movie because that movie was great Mm, i love that movie but anyway the super league is already done it's already done it's already falling apart it's already failing at the seams it's not able to do the things that it said it was going to do all the english teams that decided they wanted to be a part of the, the super league are all saying like oh well our fans are showing giving us some backlash so we out we out we can't do this anymore so they just fell apart and then once they did that all the other teams which was basically the only the three other teams or was it six other teams basically was like well we can't really make this happen because we ain't got no more help so we we gonna bail as well so basically they all bailed away and it just showed that we fans have some kind of authority to be able to dictate how we want to watch things if fans were just like well these are the only teams that i like to watch anyway they would have gone through with it but because they didn't have that much control or as much control as they thought they did 
that we didn't go away with it. But it was like the most short-lived league of all time. I believe it goes down in history as the shortest soccer league of all time. It started on Sunday, and by Wednesday, it was done. In about 48 hours, it was done. It was just finished, finito, done. <laughs> it is the most, it is the most ridiculous thing that I have ever seen. But I had to share that with everybody. Now, moving into some interesting stories for the day. We got Apple. Apple out here trying to do all the big stuff. Apple out here trying to put on more big shows for all of us to, to pay attention to. And they're starting off this year hot. I mean, hot. Hotter than hot. They started off this year with their biggest event. Well, not their biggest event. But with a major event called the Spring Loaded Event. And they announced a lot of stuff. Which is why I guess they called it the Spring Loaded Event. But let's go through some of the things that they announced. The first thing that Apple announced. We're going to use this webpage to be able to uh, go through everything. If you're listening to this on um on any of the podcast listening platforms, I'm actually sharing a webpage of everything that was announced from Apple. And the first thing that I'm going to talk about that they announced, I'm ignoring all of that stuff for now, was AirTag. AirTag. And the reason why I'm not I'm talking about AirTag is typical Apple fashion. Apple is not necessarily the originator of any ideas. Apple is not necessarily the first to do anything particularly, but they're always the ones that can take an idea and make it mainstream. They can take an idea and make it more popular. I don't know if y'all remember Tile, which was a little tag that you can place on physical products like your wallet and your backpack and basically the remote that keeps disappearing in your couches, which I think that might be the reason why they brought out this AirTag because the Apple remote just be disappearing all the time. Like everybody that I know who has an Apple TV, that remote just never stays available. But anyway, moving on from there, basically it helped you find things whenever you got lost. It was very useful. I remember I used to buy this all the time for a friend of mine because she used to lose everything. Like she used to lose her stuff all over the place. So I bought the tile and it made life a lot easier to be able to get things or to be able to find things on her behalf and to be able to find all the things that she needed. However, Apple being Apple was like, yo, we're gonna we gonna do this. And for a long time, this has actually been rumored that Apple was actually going to do this and Apple was actually going to make air tags for a long time. Apple was like thinking about doing it and they're finally doing it. But Apple, they don't just copy, which is that they don't they never just straight up copy anybody for their ideas. What they do is they just take the idea and they innovate on it slightly to bring that cool factor into it, to make it be something that everybody wants to use, to make it be something that everybody will be like, ooh, you know what? I never knew that I needed this thing in the past, but you know what? Now I need this thing and I'm definitely going to be buying me one of these things. And the cool factor that Apple is using with the AirTag is something that they like to call they're using their Find My. You remember the Find My iPhone services that you have on your iPhone? Now it's a Find My service, which is basically on everything. Well, they're combining that with the AirTag, and you will be able to ping other devices in order to find your device. All at the same time while keeping your privacy secure because we trust apple apple has shown that they are good about privacy and so what they've created is a system where you can find your stuff with precise location where literally on your phone you will have an arrow that it's pointing you to where you can go find your item which is amazing tile actually tried to do this but it just did not have the network effect but apple has that network network effect as a matter of fact what is it nine out of ten 
kids nowadays have an iPhone and it's almost, it's, I think it's like seven out of 10 people in the United States use an iPhone. I mean, I was walking around the streets of New York and the one thing that I noticed was every, almost every single person either had an AirPod in their ear or was using an iPhone or had an iWatch or what is it? An Apple Watch, not an iWatch, an Apple Watch or something. So the network effect for Apple is so strong. So that's why they can offer this uh, what is this called? The AirTag, and where you can literally pick your phone up and use it like a, like almost like a tracking beacon, like beep, 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 and find whatever it is that you're looking for. But that's what you can expect with AirTag. They're launching it, and it's going to be available on April 30th, and it's going to start at $30 for one and $100 for four. So it's going to be pretty cool. I think it's a pretty interesting device, but at the same time, it's Apple, you know. Apple does Apple things. Apple also announced a few other things. The other thing that Apple announced were new iPads, which eh, I'm not really like jinxed about it. It just adds new feature, new new LED features, making it look cool. It's going to start out at $799 and $1099 for the 12.9 inch model. It's pretty cool, has better colors, all that good stuff that you get with Apple products. And then they also, the cool thing, which we'll talk about that in a little bit, is Apple also announced new iMacs and it comes in all kinds of colors. Like literally it looks like a rainbow effect. But the cool thing about both of these products, about both the iPad and the iMac that they announced is it's going to be using Apple's M1 chip. Remember, we talked about the M1 chip last year when they announced the the Air, what is it, the MacBook Air and also the MacBook that they're going to be using the, 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 the M1 chips in them. And this just shows Apple is slowly diversifying and moving itself away from depending on things like Intel, depending on people like Qualcomm, depending on basically anybody else to use its own service. In other words, it's trying to be as vertically integrated as possible, which produces a lot of great things. When a company is able to produce both its chips and the hardware that it's running on and the software that it runs on, which we'll talk about a little bit more about software here in a second, but when it's able to do that, it's able to provide unbelievably great service. One of the beautiful things about Apple is the way that everything is so well integrated. The reason why it's so well integrated is because it owns everything. Everything runs on what Apple has created. And so Intel, come on guys, I'm gonna need you to step up. Maybe you can fabricate this chipset for Apple, which is another way that Intel can make money off of this. But now we're seeing a lot more manufacturers design their own chipsets, but who manufactures it? That's the question to ask, that's the question to ask. The iMac will start at 1299. Now, the final thing that I think most people actually ignored, even as a matter of fact, in this article that I was reading about it, it didn't even like put it as a main thing. I, a lot of people ignored. It's like literally, literally not nothing. It was just like, oh, they just mentioned this. The biggest news for me that Apple announced is not about the hardware. It's not about any of the things that they actually announced. The biggest thing that Apple announced was their podcast subscription service. I've been saying this for so long. Apple is no longer a hardware company. Apple is a software company. Apple is not trying to just make hardware all the time. It's all about the software for Apple. Apple is focused on trying to create new sources of income, consistent revenue income, and that's why they're going into software. That's why we have Apple TV Plus. That's why we have Apple Music. That's why we have the new Apple bundled servers, service, whatever that thing is called. But the point is, 
Apple Podcasts is bringing in a whole new way, which right after Apple announced this, Spotify announced that they're going to be coming out with a competing service as well. This is massive, especially now that we're saying that podcasts is a pretty large industry. Not a lot of people can make money off of podcasts, but now that you're bringing in this premium subscription service, which is probably only going to be limited to people who are able to get like 1 million downloads a month or something like that, which your boy does not get that. But maybe one day we'll get to that point. But I just want to remind everybody, Apple is not about hardware anymore. It's all about the software. Always remember that when it comes to Apple. So moving on from there, speaking of software companies, Facebook launches its clubhouse clone much like twitter launch spaces it will include rooms for hosting live audio discussions a feed of short audio clips similar to instagram reels and tools for podcasters clubhouse is facing major threats from all directions as every single social media site is making a version of its app of its app discord has a similar feature now spotify and linkedin are planning to launch something similar to clubhouse and even slack is launching its own service so my question to everyone is do you think clubhouse is just a feature or could it actually be an entire app on its own this is basically the same question that everybody had to ask themselves about snapchat in the past where it brought out the idea of stories but then over time, it kind of got destroyed by other companies copying its ideas and bringing it onto their platform. However, Snapchat was able to build a lane for itself to where now it is thriving and succeeding very well. Clubhouse exploded during the pandemic as we finished watching all the Netflix series that were available and all the Disney shows and movies that were available on the platform. We wanted something else to do that didn't require our eye attention that we could do passively while working on other things. We jumped on Clubhouse. However, since March, downloads of Clubhouse is down about 68% as people begin to go outside. And the question in everybody's mind is, Will Clubhouse survive like Snapchat did? In order to survive though, Clubhouse is going to have to recreate itself. It's going to have new ways to make itself stand out from the competition. And most importantly, it's going to have to be on the Android platforms. What's wrong with you, Clubhouse? How you gonna only be on iPhone? Come on now. If you're gonna stay on iPhone, then you're gonna be dead. Like, you're not gonna compete with Twitter. You're not gonna compete with Facebook. You're not gonna compete with anybody because you're just on one platform. Come on, get on this. Come on, man annoying me but anyway let's move on from there <laughs> let's move on the good news is clubhouse just raised an undisclosed amount at a four billion dollar valuation which means they have a lot of access to capital but how they use that capital is going to determine the way that their future goes in other words they need to start paying content creators because the reason why vine died was vine didn't pay content creators on time so clubhouse get to step in and start paying some people for the content that they're creating on your platform and bring it over to android bring it on to android come on now and some somber news and some sad news in houston on monday two men died in a tesla car accident the police believed that the car was in autopilot mode when the accident occurred with no one in the driver's seat. Uh, one person was in the passenger seats and the other was in the rear seat. U.S. auto safety regulators are launching an investigation into the incident. It's the latest in two dozen active probes into Tesla's vehicles crashing that may have involved autopilot, an assistant driving system uh, system that controls steering, acceleration, and braking on highways and, uh, and some other roads. The main issue that I have with Tesla and really with most companies is the fact that in order to market to people, 
They straddle the line of telling the truth and being as hyperbolic as possible. In Tesla's case, it recently launched its full self-driving update to many cars. However, when you read the fine print of the launch, it says clearly that the car does not fully drive itself. Now, I don't know about y'all, but when somebody tells me, yo, this is full self-driving, I think it's full self-driving. Like marketing, the way that companies market products is so annoying sometimes because they'll say one thing and then it's completely BS. Or even when you're online and you're watching a YouTube video, you search for something, you get clickbaited into something completely different. It's super annoying the way that it works and it's super annoying just especially, it's even worse when it's in the case when people's lives are on the on the line. Like Tesla, I understand there's gonna be always people who are gonna defend Tesla, but my main thing is like, yo, you need to change the name. Like, if it's not full self-driving, don't call it full self-driving, please. Because what you're doing is you're misleading people. People are going to be like, oh, and it does so well. I tested it out and it does so well. So why don't I just keep doing it? And then this type of stuff happens. Now you can tell me anything about, oh, they, they probably were not doing this and doing that and all this. I don't care. My main thing is I'm with, I'm on Tesla about the fact that Tesla, please change the name of your full self-driving thing. And also... Regulators, regulate this industry, please. Like, my goodness, how is this industry unregulated? You guys are moving way too slow. Things are changing extremely quickly. At least put some kind of handrails, some initial handrails, just general handrails of like, yo, maybe don't call your car full self-driving when it's not fully self-driving. And until those regulations are in place, companies are just going to try and skirt the law. Like, that's what companies do. Companies are always going to try to look for the easiest access to everything. So it's on both sides. My main thing is I hate the mentality, the Silicon Valley mentality of run fast, break stuff, and then worry about it later. You can't do that with people's lives. You can't have that same mentality with people's lives. You have to make sure that you're doing stuff that needs to be done when it needs to be done in, 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 in recognition that people's lives are on the line. But that's just one random guy on the internet talking about what he believes should happen. And we're going to close out this entire thing with some big news. We flew a helicopter on Mars. Most of y'all are not going to care about this. But we flew a helicopter on Mars. That is massive. This is literally our time's version of a Wright Brothers moment. Like literally our time's version of a Wright Brothers moment. Some people might say, oh, that's not that big of a deal. But yo, we flew a helicopter on Mars. That's extremely difficult to do because we don't have, they don't have the same air density or Mars does not have the same air density that we have on Earth. So in order to achieve lift, the, the helicopter has to be like spinning like three times more. The propellers have to be spinning like three to four times more just to get a little bit off the ground. Now, of course, it only went off the ground for about nine seconds before it came back to Earth. But however, it's kind of like a baby walking. Everybody freaks out because when they take their first step, it's like, oh my God, it's working. The baby is walking. It's basically the same thing that we had in this moment. We freaked out over it. It was a massive deal because for about five seconds, this thing lifted off the ground and it showed that we are doing something great. It's just first time ever that a man-made aircraft has flown on another planet. That's amazing. That is unbelievably amazing. But that's just one man's take. 
But anyway, I was gonna do a whole thing on all the earnings. I mean, the main earnings report is Netflix announced earnings and their stock got crushed because they announced that they only brought in about 4 million subscribers rather than the 6 million that was estimated. And they're also projecting that in Q2, they're only gonna bring in about 1 million new subscribers. And everybody's freaking out and saying that, oh, Disney is taking market share away from from Netflix. That's actually not true. A new survey uh, reported that about 92% of people who own other streaming services. In other words, if you own HBO Max, Max, you also own Netflix most of the time. If you own Disney Plus, you also own Netflix. In other words, people may own only Netflix and then they may not own anything else. Netflix is still the dominant factor of everything. Netflix's main competitive factor is the fact that we're going outside. And the fact that we have to sleep. Those are the two competitive factors. And the fact that people are starting to play more video games. Be on TikTok. Be on IG. And all these other things. It's not really the streaming networks that Netflix is trying to compete with. The other thing is Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola reported that case volumes in March have returned to 2019 level levels. Thanks to the easing of the COVID-19 uh, restrictions. Why is this important? This shows that people are returning to outdoor activities. If you haven't noticed, Coke actually makes most of its profits from the fact that it's not from you going to your local 7-Eleven, but rather it's from them actually selling to arenas, to stadiums. I think those are the same things, but basically to outdoor events, outdoor activities. And as people are returning to regular lives, expect for Coke to be bringing in more profits as we go to concerts and sporting events and those kind of things. And that's about all I got for y'all today. I know that was a quick run through for the for the uh, earnings part of it, but I hope you guys learned one, maybe two things out of this entire thing. And if you did, share this podcast with one person that you like, one person that you hate, and with everybody that you love so that they can learn one or two things as well. But remember, generosity is always greater than greed. I'm going to catch you all up on the next one, and I'm out. Peace.